everyone, and welcome back to the Retired College Athletes Podcast, a podcast designed to inspire and inform current and former athletes using stories from retired college athletes. I'm your host, Sydney Umeri, and today we have a solo cast. That means we're not interviewing anyone else, it's just me, and we're going to go and review the last four episodes and then talk about one particular topic. So let's go ahead and jump in. Alright guys, I think we've had a really solid last four episodes. It was kicked off with Sarah Crawley in episode 46. The episode is entitled The Anxious Athlete. And I think that that was just a really fun episode to dive into because I think Sarah was really raw and honest about what she was going through during her college athletic career. We talk about everything from anxiety to depression, sexuality, and everything in between. And she was just really honest about it. She delivered all this information in such a cheerful way and such a reflective way. And so if you are an anxious athlete, if you are someone who is going through a tougher time in college, maybe you want to transfer, I think that that episode is a great resource for you. The next episode was with Katie Spada, and the episode is entitled Fueling Former Athletes. In that episode 47, Katie dives into all things dietetics and nutrition about fueling former athletes. That is actually her Instagram name. So if you want to go look and find her, you can find her under that name. Katie was a former synchronized swimmer who had her own, you know, bouts with nutrition, but honestly ended up going into dietetics because of her brother who had battled cancer. And she just saw the benefits of what it's like to fuel people well um, for their health. But ultimately, these days, she helps former athletes fuel themselves. And I think that's so helpful because once you finish athletics, you don't fuel your body the same. You may need less calories. You know, you're you're not working out as much. And I think it's so hard to make that transition in your eating by yourself and do it healthfully. I know when I tried to do it, I did it so wrong. I underate, I overexercised and ended up having to kind of undo all of that. And so Katie gives such a good perspective on what it's like to fuel your body, how to limit food rules or literally get rid of them. I think oftentimes as an athlete, you have these thoughts on, you know, what is good food, what's bad food, what you should avoid, what you don't need to eat at all. And in reality, there is no such thing as good and bad food. There's such thing as moderation. There's a such thing as listening to your body and understanding that food is more complex than just like good and bad calories in and out. It's a lot more complex than that and how it can be serving your body, even if it's quote unquote, a bad piece of food. And so that's a really fun episode. I really enjoyed talking with her. I love dietetics. I am not a registered dietitian, but she is. And so if you want resources like that, that is such a good episode to go check out. In episode 48, we had Maya Spencer and her episode is called From Player to Coach and Trainer. This was a fun episode because I used to play against Maya all the time. She was in the ACC and so was I. We both played basketball, so we played against each other often. And she is such a talent. But in this episode, she talks about how her transition out was not necessarily the smoothest. You know, when you finish your college athletic career, you may be looking for something to do. And sometimes it can be hard to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. She ended up becoming a trainer. And she was saying how, like, I never thought I would do that. But she does it now. She's amazing at it. She's like truly so good, but how much she loves it now, uh, the freedom it gives her to do other things. She also coaches and how she was able to turn that like kind of tough transition out of athletics into something really good. And so if you're in the middle of that transition, if you're kind of, if it's a hard time for you, um, that episode could be really helpful to just take a listen to. 
Finally, in episode 49, we had Shelly Till. The episode is titled Why Athletes Actually Transfer. And that is just a portion of what we talked about. I really had a hard time titling this episode because we talked about so much stuff that was so good and so deep. And so ultimately, Shelly did transfer a few times during her college athletic career, and so did I. And we had a huge conversation on how the transfer portal is not just full of kids that can't get their act together. There are real reasons why kids transfer, some of which are come from a really like hurt, uh, traumatized place and how to overcome that trauma, how to overcome adversity and how you might need to work with someone outside of family and friends to gain perspective and find yourself in a healthier place. Shelly is a coach that can help you with that. Such a great resource. And so If you are struggling with anything like that, if you are going through a hard time, like a genuinely hard time where you feel like you are a little traumatized from your college experience, whether you have finished it or you're currently going through it, that is an awesome resource for you. And just a really deep conversation on what it looks like to overcome those traumas and adversity. And so that is what we had in these last four episodes. I think they were really strong. And if you get a chance, if you haven't listened to them already, I think you definitely should. Before we hop into today's topic... I want to take a moment and shout out one person in particular. Her name is Sarah, and she is our first Patreon member. I'm not sure if you guys know about Patreon, but we've actually had a Patreon for RCA for a while, and I have a hard time plugging it because what Patreon is, is it is a place where creators like myself can go on and create a profile for their, like whatever they're creating. So for us, we have an RCA Patreon account, and It's for if you love the podcast, if you love basically everything that RCA does, like our YouTube channel, our Instagram, anything like that, and you have the means to give to us on a monthly basis, you can do that on Patreon. In return, we as creators will create additional content for you as a thank you and to really kind of pull you further into into our community. And the reason why I have a hard time plugging it is because I know what it means for someone to give their hard earned money to what I'm doing just because they believe in it. It really means so much to me. And Sarah is our first Patreon giver, which really means so much to me. Sarah, I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. When I saw that notification come through, I was in shock. And it just, it felt so good to know that someone believes in what we're building here so much that they would give their own resources. And so thank you, Sarah. Um, I also just want to give the opportunity to you guys. Um, If you love what we're doing here at RCA, if you love the mission behind what we're doing and and the content we're creating, and you have the means, um, I would love it if you would consider giving to Patreon. Uh, That really opens me up to be able to do more. I think sometimes I have these awesome ideas, but the the time frame it takes to get them done is is a large window because I'm one person. And also, sometimes I need additional resources, whether it's money or just other things. And and it takes a while to get that. But Patreon, the giving that you guys do there really helps me speed through that process and, and give you guys great content a little bit faster. And so there are a bunch of different tiers on there. You can give anywhere from $5 to $100 or if you want to give more. It's It's a monthly basis type of thing. So you would be giving that on a monthly basis. But anything you want to give is super helpful. And it just means so much. I, I mean, I started this basically almost a year ago with the hopes that it would touch a few people. And I look at how many people download this podcast and it just blows my mind that you guys take the time out of your day to listen and really enjoy what we're putting out here. So um, thank you so much. This podcast would literally be nothing without you guys. And if you 
you know, again, if you have the means, if you don't, that is not a big deal. Not at all. Like, I don't want to ever pressure anybody into thinking that they need to do anything. But if you do have the means and you love what we're doing here, I would really appreciate if you would consider giving to our Patreon. All right. So now we can finally get into today's topic. And today we are talking about the transition out of college into the working world. I've talked to a few people on Instagram about, you know, some of the questions that I get are around how to make that transition into your career, like how to utilize your time in college to set yourself up for that. Well, fortunately, I was actually able to do that pretty well, but I'm only one person's perspective. So keep that in mind as I'm talking through today's topics. Uh, We're going to talk about getting involved in clubs, building a portfolio, and internships. Those are the main things we're going to talk about today that can help you as you transition out of college and into the working world to make sure that you can make that transition smoothly, as smoothly as possible, and give yourself the best chance to get hired and have a portfolio and resume worthy of those jobs. So a little bit about me. I currently work in sports journalism. RC is not my full-time job, but I do work in sports journalism. And I was a media studies major at the University of Virginia. I also have a master's in journalism. And that's all great. Like, I really love what I do. But my road to get here was not a straight line. When I went into college, I was actually pre-med. And by my sophomore year, I was like, just kidding. I don't want to do that. It's too hard (laughs) right now. And so for all of you guys that are like medical majors or, you know, hard science majors, I really commend you because that is tough stuff. But as soon as I realized that I wanted to go the journalism route, I was really serious about trying to build a resume that would help me get there. Again, I wanted to be in broadcast. So I kind of knew that a lot of people want to be in broadcast and you kind of have to set yourself apart. So I went about it by getting involved in clubs. And I want to preface this by saying, I know a lot of student athletes are already overwhelmed with the sheer amount of things that they have to do between workouts and homework and class. Like you may feel like you just don't have any extra time to do this. And I completely understand that. I am a busybody. I'm someone who, if you ask any family and friends, they're like, Sydney never sits still. And it is true. I don't. I love being busy. I love working on things. And for me, the reason why I got so involved in clubs was because basketball wasn't going well for me at the time. I didn't have the spot I wanted on the team. I remember it was, I was just so upset after practices my freshman year that I was like, okay, your sophomore year, you kind of need to make sure you have other hobbies so that if you leave a bad practice, you're not dwelling on it. You can go and do something else and and just take your mind off of it. So I went and got involved in a lot of clubs. I was a part of our student government at UVA. But outside of that, I got involved in something called WUVA, which was basically a news organization run by students. And I started writing for them. And I would write maybe once a week. And that kind of, I can I can understand that might feel like a lot. So I think it's really important to just go and find a club along the lines of what you want to do and get involved in whatever capacity works for you. I think looking back, writing once a month would have been fine for them. (laughs) Me, the overachiever I am, I was like, let me write once a week. And it really helped to grow my portfolio. But even if I wrote once a month, I would have had a fine portfolio by the end of that sophomore year. So having those written pieces was really helpful when trying to get internships, which we'll talk about later. In addition to that, I did volunteer slash intern at WUVA, the radio station. And it wasn't so much that I was running the radio station. I had this one specific job of doing the Cavalier Minute. And so I would go and interview other student athletes and I would edit it together to make it a minute and that would air on our radio station. And so 
as you can imagine, that informs a lot of what I do now. Now I do audio with you guys on this podcast. And I learned a lot doing that for WBA. And I, I do incorporate a lot of what I learned into what I do now. And so not only do I have those clips to help my portfolio, but now I have this wealth of knowledge that helps to inform and that helps my resume. So now I can say like, oh, I know how to use the editing software. Like I use Premiere for this. I know how to, like the skills that I learned along the way of like, you know, organizing these interviews, getting the information I need. uh, Those are things that can all go on your resume to help show that you have these skills outside of your sport that can translate into the working world. And so those are just two things that I did in terms of clubs that really helped inform my portfolio and give, give to my portfolio, but also inform my resume. Outside of that, those clubs and what I learned from those clubs and what ended up on my resume helped get me internships. And I had some really awesome internships during my time in college. I'm very fortunate. Um, I know the internships I got are not common ones. And so what I ended up doing is this summer going into my junior year, I interned for ESPN's Around the Horn in DC, which was unbelievable. (laughs) Um, I mean, a lot of kids don't get a chance to intern for ESPN in general, but ESPN Around the Horn is just such a special show. And so that was really fun. And I remember when I applied for that, only two interns got it. A lot of people applied. And what set me apart was the fact that I was an athlete who had this crazy resume of really being involved in her community at school and doing a lot of things along the lines that would feed into this internship. So like I said, I was involved in those clubs. I had this portfolio of things that I could show them, but also I was an athlete who could manage my time. That is something that a lot of employers really look into. They're like, wow, you're a student athlete who had this busy schedule and yet you were still able to do these other things and tap into other resources. And they appreciate that. So I know that you feel like you don't have a lot of time. If you can do anything on top of your sport and school, I think it does speak volumes to the right employers. And so that gave me the opportunity to take on that internship. At that internship, I grabbed a lot of the visuals that you see that come across the screen for them. So I was in ESPN servers, pulling down footage from games and things like that. And then I would edit it together for them and it would air on the show. And that was my first time editing. And I learned so much there. So now I'm at this internship and I'm learning additional skills that can go on my resume. So I'm like, oh, I really know how to edit video on Premiere now. I know a little bit about production and research and things like that. And so that added to my resume. The next summer, I ended up going to intern at Nike as the global communications intern. And that was also, I mean, a crazy internship. Nike is awesome. I was out in Portland. I was under a great organization in terms of the global communications wing of Nike is awesome. And there I was able to help them with communications in a different way. It was a lot more PR related. So at the time, the European Cup EC16s was happening. And I didn't go to France at the time, but I really helped them build a portfolio of which media would actually go. And so my job was I looked into the list of media people that they wanted to invite and did a lot of research on them. Because the whole point was, if you're going to invite Beyonce's choreographer, (laughs) you want to put her in a position to share the content that Nike is producing. So we're showing this Magista boot, which is a soccer boot, and she doesn't play soccer. But can we create an environment that would make her want to take an Instagram picture with the boot or of the boot and post it. That was my job. I had to show people like, okay, this is how, this is what their Instagram feed looks like. This is what they care about. How can we create an environment for them at the EC16s that would make them want to share our content? So 
that was just a different way of thinking. I had never done that before. And that helped me kind of understand the PR side of things where when you bring in media to have a good experience with your product to make sure that whenever they do write about your product, it's positive. On top of that, Kevin Durant launched his shoe that summer, one of his shoes, I don't remember which one. And there was another media event in Austin, Texas, because he went to University of Texas. And I helped plan out what the media would be doing, like the guest packages that they would have and how they would interact with the shoe and like the different opportunities to photograph the shoe and work with the shoe so they can have good things to say when they finally did drop their articles about it. And so that was just a completely different way to kind of understand media. I got a lot out of it. And now, of course, those skills could go onto my resume. And then finally, right after college, I interned at CNN in the broadcast side of things and just kind of got a chance to better understand what happens in broadcast, like what is necessary, reading off a teleprompter, how to prep, you know, your information. Like you're not just going off the top of your head. You have to do a lot of research prior, all of that stuff. And so I was able to get these internships because of the clubs that I was involved in and the portfolio I was able to build. So I think my biggest piece of advice here from my story, hopefully that you're getting is that it's a, it's a slow build. It's like you get involved in some things, you do things in those clubs or whatever you're involved in to put into your portfolio that will also be also put in your resume. And from there, your resume can help you get awesome internships. And this is also like given that you have the time to do the internship or you can work with your coaches on that. For me, there's never really a great time to do an internship when you're an athlete. I feel like for basketball, we only really got one month off ever. Like during the summer, that was like we had one month. And so I had to work with my coaches often on like, okay, I really want to do this internship. I understand that I have responsibilities to maintain my my health my in my, my physical health for this team so I can come back and like I didn't skip a beat. Like you don't have to kind of retrain me because I missed a whole month or something like that. And so I, I did work with my coaches on that. I, they knew that I really was someone who wanted to take hold of these opportunities and that I would do anything possible to make sure that I was taking care of all of my responsibilities. So I had that trust with my coaches. On top of that, I worked with my strength and conditioning coaches to get all plans that I would need to be able to execute those workouts while I was interning. So yes, I did wake up early in the morning to go work out. I did follow my weightlifting plan. I did do a lot of running to make sure that I was still in shape. That stuff had to be taken care of because if I didn't do that the first time around, they would probably not be willing to work with me on doing another internship the next time around. And so I think building that trust with your coach is huge, but also letting them know from the beginning as a recruit that this is something that's important to you. I do want to take internships. I do want to have that as an opportunity. And I want you to know that I, I want to take hold of those opportunities. I think the other thing is, so those are just internships, like, you know, resumes, portfolios, in terms of turning that into real jobs. I recently, like 2020, got into sports journalism. I graduated college in 2017. So between 2017 and 2020, I was not working in journalism. I was not working in the field uh, in the field that I studied. And I think that that's not uncommon for people who graduate in college in general. It's not uncommon to take jobs outside of what you studied. And I just want to normalize that it's not a straight line to your dream job. I currently think I work a job that I love. Like I love what I do. I love the people I work with. I love the company I work for. But again, it wasn't a straight line. I did take two other jobs that weren't exactly in line with any of that. But along the way, I did learn things. And I think that that's important for people to understand that you may not get your dream job right out of college, and that is perfectly fine. 
And that is also very, very normal. I think sometimes like you have friends that get awesome jobs right out of college that are their dream jobs. And you're like, well, why is that not happening for me? It is so normal to not have your dream job right out of college. And I think it's honestly really beneficial to not do that. You go, you work on some things, you learn skills, and then you move on to another job. And so that's what I did. And I really did learn some awesome things from the two other companies that I worked at. I uh, did a lot of marketing. That's what I. That's what I did. I was. I was in marketing, and I learned that side of things and the importance of it. I think. I think the biggest thing I want you to take away from from that is that because it's not a straight line, do you understand that like you can still learn a lot wherever you are. It doesn't have to be the perfect situation for you to learn and grow and also build on your portfolio. But also. If you're doing something that you don't want to do, if you're if you're working for a company that's not your dream company, it's not even like remotely close to what you want to be doing, I highly recommend that you do passion projects. That is actually how RCA started. <laughs> I I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't doing anything that I really was super passionate about. Like I'm very passionate about athletics and athletes, and I wasn't in any of that. But to feed that part of myself, I decided to start RCA. And so it is perfectly fine. And I really do recommend that you seek out passion projects that you do yourself that do scratch that itch of what you love. Because not only do they create a great portfolio for you, but it also, it's just something that you love to do. And one other thing I want to add is, I think oftentimes athletes believe that their skills that they had in athletics are not applicable to the real world. And they definitely are. I think sometimes they may be hard to show on a resume, but employers really do enjoy hiring athletes because they know that you have work ethic. They know that you are determined that you can finish on deadlines. And so I think being able to reiterate that in, in your resumes, in your interviews is so important because I think you shouldn't sell yourself short. Like we don't go through this athletic experience just to have nothing to show for it. You know, it's not an easy experience there. We are tested in so many ways that the average student would not be tested. And so there are definitely applicable things like, time management, talking about how you can work in a high-paced environment is huge. One that's always changing, how you meet the deadline no matter what, how you are able to listen and adjust and take direction. Like Those are all some things that I think are really helpful to hit on in your resume, but st- specifically in interviews, because that's true. That, that's what we do as athletes. That's, that's what we're good at. And so hopefully this is helpful. If you have any questions about this, any additional questions about how to get internships or a job after college, any questions about my internships in particular, I would love to answer them. Feel free to message me on Instagram. With that said, I want to hop into housekeeping. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. We're almost at a year guys, which is crazy. We've almost been doing this for a year. We've really grown this community and it's all thanks to you guys. So again, I cannot thank you enough. If you'd like to get more involved in the RCA community, feel free to follow us on social media. We are literally everywhere, but very, very involved and active on Instagram. So that is the best place to go and find us. If you enjoyed this podcast episode or our podcast in general, if you like what we're doing, please share this podcast, subscribe and leave a review. That's the quickest way for us to grow. Also, feel free to share our content on Instagram. That's a great way for us to grow our community over there. And we really are growing so, so much. It's so fun to watch. With that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you guys next week.